Craigslist, at one time a booming website, the place to go and buy and sell goods and advertise your services or post your resume to get a job or search job listings. But more and more, the site had problems with scammers and spam bots. People were fed up and they left. And now it's a ghost town compared to what it used to be. What led us here? Today we talk about the rise and fall of Craigslist. Craigslist was founded by Craig Newmark in San Francisco, California. It began its life not as a website, but an email distribution list to friends. Most of the postings were submitted by Newmark himself and were notices of social events that were of interest to software and internet developers in the San Francisco Bay Area. The idea came from Newmark observing people helping each other in communal ways on the internet via the well, Mindvox, and Usenet. He felt isolated as a newcomer to San Francisco, so that was his inspiration for creating Craigslist. The list grew via word of mouth. There was no moderation, and people started using it for non-event postings, which surprised Newmark. People found it was a good way to get tech jobs. The email technology encountered its limits, of course, so by June 1995, Major Domo had been installed on a server and Craigslist resumed operations. By 1996, people wanted a web interface for the site and Newmark registered Craigslist.org and launched the website. The current CEO, Jim Buckmaster joined the company as lead programmer and CTO in 2000. Buckmaster was responsible for the site's multi-city architecture, search engine, forums, flagging system, posting process, homepage design, and more that helped make the site useful. The site expanded into nine more cities in 2000, four in 2001 and 2002, and 14 more in 2003. In 2004, Craigslist started charging $25 to post job openings in New York and Los Angeles. For me, I started using Craigslist in about 2004 or 2005. During this time, it was fairly new to the Raleigh area. Web-savvy folks were talking about this site with fantastic deals and oftentimes free stuff that they obtained through the site. I even remember hearing Clark Howard on the radio talk about how wonderful this site was. I would sometimes sell things that I didn't use anymore if I was strapped for cash. 
And the free stuff, I loved the free stuff. I obtained a printer that I was told wasn't working. I picked it up on a hunch that the owner was experiencing a software issue and not a hardware issue. He was using Microsoft Windows and I was using a Linux-based operating system. And sure enough, whatever the problem he was having was within his software or something going on with his operating system because the printer worked beautifully in my Linux-based system. In 2007, I moved to a small town, Redding, California. I moved there to attend a ministry school, a school at a church that I now consider a cult, but that's another story not related to this podcast. Craigslist was a great place for me to find roommates. I found freelance gigs through the site. I found out about new businesses, and I would find computer hardware. I'd find furniture, you name it, I could find it. And I wasn't scammed. Jumped to 2010, I noticed a change. I had moved to San Diego. There were still quite a bit of legit listings, but at this point, scams and spammers were popping up more. It was fine though, you just had to maneuver your way through the crap. And there were times I had to use Craigslist to sell an item or two. I had developed a pet peeve over time. You see, generally I would sell things on Craigslist because I was strapped for cash. I might want to sell a laptop for $100 and it may already be a very good deal. I'd have people show up who had agreed to pay and then lowball me in person. All I can really do is $50, they'd say, or $30 is the best I could do. What? Really? We begin tonight with this developing story. A jury has found a man accused of brutally beating his roommate on Valentine's Day in 2016 guilty of attempted first-degree murder. The jury wasted no time delivering the verdict shortly And I was one of the lucky ones. During these years from 2010 to 2014, when I lived in San Diego, I heard about news from various places. People were finding roommates on Craigslist only to find their new roommate was a murderer or abusive. I had awkward moments with roommates I met on Craigslist, but luckily, that's all I can say it was, awkward. One of my first major web development jobs I had was found on Craigslist. In 2013, I was hired as a junior web developer for a few months with a real estate marketing firm. That lasted a few months until the company decided to lay off a lot of people. But the fact was, there were legit jobs there on Craigslist. At one point, however, I was hired by someone on Craigslist who told me, yeah, I know I'm typically not going to find the most skilled people on Craigslist. The site just wasn't the place to go for the most professional workers, apparently. And many people were looking for a web designer or web developer, and they were looking for the cheapest and not necessarily the best. And they had unrealistic expectations. 
It was during this time as well where I saw a great increase in scams and spammers on the site. Looking for a roommate? This was the beginning of automated text message replies with links that redirected to sites like Roomster.com and you didn't actually get a real listing. It was easy to see why one would become aggravated with Craigslist. While Craigslist had implemented a few features to stop scammers and spammers, it seems that it was not quite enough. About halfway through 2014, I made the decision to leave San Diego and move to Charlotte, North Carolina. And what do I find? Lots of Roomster ads rather than legitimate people wanting roommates. I had one person warn me not to move to Charlotte as well and that if I did, I would end up homeless in a year. Eventually, I found temporary roommates. This is great. I'm going to move to Charlotte from San Diego and all is going to be alright, right? My new temporary roommates did not sit well with me. They were addicted to drugs and one of them would ask me to do shady things and ask me for money because he was broke frequently. And he and his girlfriend had me pet sit their rabbit, which I was told I would be paid for and I never was. And where did I find these people? Craigslist, of course. In 2018, I had found a place to move into where the roommates seemed great, but then they had a relative pass away. They assured me they'd be ready for me to move in by the move-in date we agreed on regardless. However, when I was supposed to move in, they weren't back in town and they weren't ready for me to move in, and they didn't notify me. So, I had to go back to Craigslist yet again. I found another place to move into rather quickly. Yet, less than a month later, the new roommate robbed a store and was arrested. So, that's some of my share of Craigslist experiences. I could name more, but I wanted to leave room for some of your experiences. Unfortunately, we did not have anyone share their experiences, but this isn't really a surprise since this is a brand new podcast. Craigslist was one of the early online marketplaces, along with eBay and several other foreign-based marketplaces on certain websites. It started at a time where the web was just starting to get big. People were getting off of dial-up and onto broadband. But one of the great things about Craigslist was that it was completely text-based. It loaded easily on dial-up. And that's one of the things I love about it to this day. It wasn't meant to be pretty. It was built to work, and it did. But when everyone started to use it, that's when spam bots and scammers came in. They saw an opportunity, an easy one. You see, Craigslist didn't do much to moderate its postings. They had a system where you could flag a post. 
and many post-war flagged. When rightly flagged, it didn't matter much because the scammers and the bots returned anyway. When wrongly flagged, it could mean you have a totally legit post that you just couldn't post. And as a legit poster, you're frustrated because you can't do what you should be able to do. When it came to jobs, Craigslist was the worst for underpaying jobs. You see, employers went to Craigslist to find bottom-of-the-barrel people, people who would do the work cheaply. For me, this was especially a problem with web design and development. I imagine it was a problem for other fields too. Though this isn't a Craigslist-specific issue, it was very prevalent on Craigslist. Hey everyone, it's Joey, and I'm recording this for my iPhone 6S. Have you heard about the Anchor app yet? If not, let me explain. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. I'm recording from my phone right now. I normally use my professional microphone at home to record, but hey, I'm showing that you can do this on the phone too. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast. There's no minimum listenership required. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the Anchor app in the Apple App Store or Android's Google Play Store today to get started. Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. My Craigslist account was hacked the other weekend, so I changed my password, and out of curiosity, I decided to see what was even on Craigslist these days. It's still around, of course. Here in Charlotte, there's a web designer position in the web and info design section. Just one. And it's from a month ago. It's showing me three other positions two up in Winston-Salem, and one down in Columbia, South Carolina. But I grew up in Raleigh, so when I check that for the web and info design section, I find three positions. Raleigh is more of a tech area, so that makes sense. But back in 2007, you'd find a lot more than three web design positions or web development positions. I remember going back through a few hundred listings there in 2007. Basically, Craigslist is a ghost town now. Let's go back to the Charlotte Craigslist and see what's in the free section. Well, there's plenty of free stuff, mostly old and broken down furniture, and there's quite a bit of firewood too. Oh wait, there's two free printers down in Rock Hill. In the for sale computers and computer parts sections, there are still plenty of items for sale. 
And I'd say that's one area where Craigslist is not a ghost town, buying and selling items. But you have to be careful. In some cases, you have overpriced items. I see an RX 574GB graphics card for sale for $110 when it can be found on eBay for around $80 to $90, and in some cases, less. But apps like LetGo and Facebook Marketplace are largely being used now, and it's largely preferred by many people because of the reputation that Craigslist now has. What does looking for a roommate or a place to rent look like now? Well, there are still listings there. There are plenty of listings, but there's a challenge, especially if you're looking for something affordable. When you message them, oftentimes you're presented with an automated email, only to find that the automated reply leads you to Roomster. The link may be a shortened URL to disguise it, but it's Roomster most of the time. Sometimes when you find it's an actual person, you'll eventually find, if you're smart, that it's a scam and they want you to pay before actually seeing the place. Don't fall for it. When looking for a roommate, many people have stopped trusting Craigslist. Beyond the scams, there have been reports of roommates found through Craigslist that have been beaten or even killed. Craigslist can't do anything about this. It could happen on any platform, but it seems sketchy people use Craigslist more than other places. In San Francisco, a popular name for Craigslist is Creepslist. Craigslist now has safety tips on their website, which is a good thing, but probably read by few people who actually use it. The scammers are still out of control, with very few real people using the service today. Little has been done to curb the spam bots and scammers. Meanwhile, other alternatives, such as LetGo, OfferUp and Facebook Marketplace have become popular for selling used items, and there have long been other job listing sites to go to. The moral of the story, keep an eye on what users, including fake users and scammers, are doing, and implement technologies and policies to prevent scams and spammers from taking advantage of you. Though I will say with scammers, you have to be careful about that on any site, but it seems that other sites care more about preventing the scammers. And Craigslist just doesn't seem to care. So care for your user base enough to help them be aware of scams and how to prevent them from becoming victims. Next week, we'll be talking about labor unions in the tech industry, with the unionization of Kickstarter and threats of unionization at other big tech companies. What does a unionized workforce mean for the tech industry? 
Is it good or bad? Give your thoughts on Anchor voice message or send a message in the inbox of the Joey's Totally Tech Facebook page. And now for tech news. Coronavirus is disrupting the tech industry. Sales at many tech companies are slumping due to the outbreak. Conferences are being canceled and workers are being told not to travel. Chinese manufacturers were some of the first to feel the effects of coronavirus on tech. China being a large tech manufacturer and the apparent origin of the coronavirus. Apple reported to investors that iPhone supplies would be hampered and Microsoft is having problems with both hardware and software due to closings in China. Facebook has canceled two events, including its F8 conference. Meanwhile, Netflix could see an uptick of viewership due to coronavirus and food delivery services like DoorDash and Uber Eats could see an increase in business as well, along with grocery delivery companies like Shipped and Instacart, because people would likely be staying in. Shares in the teleconferencing app Zoom have skyrocketed due to the increased need for people to telecommute for their jobs as a result of the outbreak. GOG updates its refund policy. The digital game store has updated its policy. You can now get a refund within 30 days, regardless of if you've downloaded and played the game in that time frame. Previously, GOG would only offer refunds in the case of technical issues. GOG says it's taken a gamer's first approach. The FAQ does state, however, Please don't take advantage of our trust by asking for an unreasonable amount of games to be refunded, and that they're monitoring the effects of the current update to make sure no one is using this policy to hurt the developers that put their time and heart into making great games. So basically, use common sense and don't abuse this new policy. Google Stadia has a new cancellation survey. Google Stadia has updated their app to include a cancellation survey for those who have decided to cancel. Many users have complained about issues with the online gaming service, including lag and latency. Meanwhile, the main competition, NVIDIA's new GeForce Now and Stark Contrast has been getting very good reviews. The Shadow Online Gaming app has been banned from Apple's App Store. The online gaming service has apparently violated some of Apple's guidelines, though Apple has not said at this time what those guidelines were. A federal court judge has decided YouTube is not a public forum. 
The judge has said it's not a public forum, but a private entity. YouTube channel PragerU has sued YouTube because they were demonetized because of PragerU's conservative political leanings. Prager claimed it was a violation of freedom of speech. The judge wrote on their own decision, despite YouTube's ubiquity and its role as a public-facing platform, it remains a private forum, not a public forum subject to judicial scrutiny under the First Amendment. PragerU's claim that YouTube censored PragerU's speech faces a formidable threshold hurdle. YouTube is a private entity. The Free Speech Clause of the First Amendment prohibits the government, not a private party, from abridging speech. This could, of course, be appealed and taken to a higher level, including the Supreme Court. That's it for Joey's Tech News, and this has been Joey's Totally Tech. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I will catch you next time.